What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast hosted by yours truly, Mitch, and with me, as always. It's Boozy. And it's just us today. The Gruesome Twosome's back. We just wanted to have one of these episodes that we can just uh, dive into what we've been seeing. We've had a lot of awesome guests recently, mm-hmm. um, but we wanted to we wanted to just do a little intimate one because we know also a lot of people like the ones where it's just us and we can just fully dive into the movies we're watching. Yeah, and we can be bigger idiots because we know each other. We don't have to introduce the idiocracy. You know, you don't have to like slowly boil someone like a frog into like all the dumb shit we talk about. Yeah, I feel like we've been lucky lately because uh, like last last time we were uh, releasing episode was with our friend Mitch Clark, and that was a super fun episode. Love yep. talking to Mitch, and I know we got a lot of positive feedback on that one. So appreciate yeah, everyone. So appreciate everyone listening, and once again, thanks to Mitch for coming on because he's. Uh, yeah, I don't like to play favorites, but that dude is definitely one of my favorites. Like I just love talking to that guy. And now, you know, Mitch, you don't want to pick favorites. He, yeah, you just we're we're very lucky that we yes, tend so to we just always have, have awesome a great guests. time when he's around. Yeah, yeah, and just in general, we got great guests. And I guess I'll just quickly say that now to uh, give people a bit of a heads up is uh, our next episode. Unfortunately, Boozy's going to be you're booked for that day, so you're not able yep. to make it. It's wedding season, baby. Yeah, wedding season. <laughs> Um, but it's also, I guess, first I'll say we are continuing. We decided to continue the trend of summer slashers. Uh, mm-hmm. And we spoke so much about The Burning last week. And I know that you hadn't seen it before. So it was I like, expressed this my is... remorse to not having seen it yet. Yeah. Well, no. And like that, so this is a perfect time to talk about The Burning. We're in the middle mm-hmm. of July. It's July 10th as we're recording this. It's it's summertime camp slasher time. Uh, so that's what we're going to be doing today. But after that, we're going to transition into haunted house films. And for the first episode, we're going to be welcoming frequent guests to the show. One of our another one of our favorites, Daniel Epler of Cobwebs Ooh. and Hayden Gilbert is going to be coming back. He's a writer oh, yeah. and he, he was on the Crimson Peak episode. Hayden's just an absolute blast. Yeah, we we just instantly clicked with Hayden. Love him. Yeah, Hayden, and and we're gonna get Mark Warner back too because last time you heard Hayner, Hayden, wow, Hayner, Hayner, that, that's their Brangelina name. Um, because they tend to always go on shows together, which because they got such great chemistry, they're really right. Good they're friends. they're like the the two Muppets that sit in the balcony together. Yeah, whenever they're on a podcast, like oh, yeah, it's one of the they're like us in the sense where. <laughs> You, you would be some people are probably be like, are you guys even friends because of how hard we roast each other sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's I love their their dynamic and their chemistry. But we're going to get Mark on again as well sometime. Um, but last time you heard Hayden, we did an episode on Crimson Peak, which was so which much was fun. A fun one. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the house by the cemetery. The first uh, da- Daniel even pointed out he's going to be popping our Fulci cherry on the terror table. We've done. Like oh. 260 episodes, and we've never done a uh, done one on a Lucio Fulci movie. Uh, well, but that's we're be... because we needed to save room for bait. It's and true. Sorority Row. It's sorority Row and <laughs> fucking stay alive. You know, we even discussed doing an episode on Milf Manor, which I think we we might need to do. Uh, I still have. Oh God, I can't. I was gonna say. I was about to ask if you have you seen it yet. I do. I I you know that I'm a glutton for like bad trash reality. And when I heard that, I was like, Oh my God, this is this is gonna be amazing. I watched seven episodes, and it was so difficult. Um, like it's I never, disgusting. I never not finish. But I was like, I I can't, I can't do it. Like it is so wrong. Like my stance on that show is, I feel like it should be illegal. 
I feel like I, the only way that that show can justify existing is if when people are getting voted off or whatever, yeah. there's police on the other side ready to arrest them. It is so fucking <laughs> disgusting. Take them all to get like lobotomies or something. Be like, none of you are right. I don't want you guys reproducing anymore. I know. <laughs> it's oh, it's so wrong. But speaking of which, though, before we move on from that, um, mm-hmm. the last episode I saw of it, they introduced... <laughs> They introduced a new MILF and she, yeah, okay, so if people don't know, it's these, all these MILFs think that they're going to an island to date younger men. And I'm sure you can guess the twist. They get there and they realize that it is all of their sons. So the sons and moms are like trying to hook each other up with each other. And it is so fucking wrong. It's Um, chaos. Yeah. It's so gross, but it's, the... there's a couple very shameless, shameless people on there who are clearly trying to just like Did get on the... TLC or some shit. Did you see? I don't know how far you watch, but there's I watch. What... I finished the whole show. It's... Oh my god! Yeah, That's, yeah, like the when that kid. Uh... Yeah, I say kid because they're like 18 years old. Um, he reveals that he got pink eye from eating ass. Yep. Yep. It's... Oh my god, it's so gross. But no, yeah. Before we move on, Lisa Wilcox comes on to the show do you know who that is uh somebody not from milf manor <laughs> she's well she is alice the lead character in nightmare on elm street four and five no way yeah she's on it she goes on with her son it's oh my god it's oh. it's something else but yeah i oh yeah so we're doing the house by the cemetery and we're pairing yeah. it up with the uninvited from 1944 much classier pic- that's a much classier picture uh than milf manor but I love because I just watched House by the Cemetery. So are you implying that like the MILF Manor itself is haunted? Like the, it, it's just been tainted with so much like, uh, well, you know what I mean? Like the <laughs> terrible taboo things that it's just. You are onto something. Yeah, I did yeah, not yeah, even was... think about that. But man, is that a great premise for a film? Haunted MILF Manor. Yeah. <laughs> it's been hosted by Zach Baggins. <laughs> I you know what I didn't realize some of that what is that ghost hunters show or whatever I didn't realize some of the dumbass wild shit that those people say and do on that show it it's unreal yeah like they they tried for a little bit to be like okay we're kind of like you know like we're playing it off like maybe something's happening and then after a while they're getting like their balls tickled and stuff and like their hats <laughs> are flying away and Zach Baggins like do I'm any of these fight you ghosts do any of these fuckers ever come up pop a little wall and shoot a huge cum shot <laughs> shout out i think you should leave i've watched i watched that new season three times did you like it oh of course it's so good everyone was talking about how it, i think it might be the weakest season yes i think it's the weakest season that's saying something though that that's the like it's still so funny some like, of the the skits are, are like really good for the and very quotable yeah the driving crooner like there's some classic gotta be right next to him yeah <laughs> They're trying to steal my decals. It's so, oh no, my, but like I knew I was in love when uh, he's on the dating show and he's just the went zip for the line. Zip line. I, I think you're just here for the zip line. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah, horror stuff. I'm actually going to probably talk about some things that aren't horror today because I don't know if you've seen my letterbox. I've been on a couple marathons. So I'm going to oh, no, briefly I haven't. touch on them. I, I haven't seen a ton, so I haven't been on Letterboxd myself, but I have a couple things to talk about. Like, I haven't Sweet. been on Letterboxd too much, I guess. Well, let's uh, let's have you, let's kick us off then, Boozy. You want to tell me about something you've seen recently? Yeah, can I talk about something that um, isn't horror? Oh my god, now I'm like worried no, that it's I've fine. talked I'm... about this already. Let's hear it, I'll be able to maybe okay. tell you if we've and talked about it. And we can cut it out or whatever. Um, I watched Dune finally. 
oh whoa yeah uh, so uh thoughts i know that i'm like what is it three years late on dune <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty late but i guess it's time uh because yeah. the second part's coming out well that's how you know your boy upped re-upped his netflix because yeah. he finally got to watch dune i thought dune was a fucking masterpiece obviously it's uh, like I think that I should have probably seen it in, in theaters to get that cinematic masterpiece because uh, a home TV just really doesn't do it unless you have a 4K, which I, I, do I not. just got one. I just got one. What? Yeah, actually. OK, funnily... I'm bringing my copy of Alligator over. <laughs> yes. No. And that's I like I still don't have a 4K player, but even Blu-rays on this thing, like it's unreal. Um, mm-hmm. But funny story, I bought it off of Tibor Takis, the director of The Gate. And yeah, like the game. Did you get him to sign it? (laughs) Yeah, just sign the screen. Uh, No, he's just an incredibly nice guy. And uh, Jason was with him and he's like, he's just moving back. He just, he has a place in LA and Vancouver, but he got rid of his place in Vancouver. Um, So he's getting rid of his stuff and he gave it to me for a very good deal. But I'm like, the coolest part about this is I'm looking at my 4K TV that I bought from the director of The Gate, one of my favorite 80s horror movies. And I have like a limited edition, The Gate poster right beside it. Like life, life's weird, man. The gate's slowly taking over your wall space. Yeah. It's it's... becoming more and more influential in your day-to-day. Exactly. Yeah. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. What did you think about the Dussie? The Dune Dussie? (laughs) I just have to say, though, I think that would be an awesome thing if you actually did have that signed. It would be such a weird relic in, like, 20 years. It'd be like now seeing, like, a a VHS or, like, yeah, VHS player that has someone's random signature, like, Kane Hodder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kane Otter signed my copy of Casper. Yeah. <laughs> it's all I had on me at the or time. Or the Rugrats, the movie one where it was an orange VHS tape. Remember that? That that was tough. There was like that weird point, same with like N64 games where mm-hmm. like if it was colored, it was like 10 Donkey times Kong. cooler. Yeah, I was like, whoa, this is a fun game. Yeah. What um, was the other? Oh, oh, yeah. Another orange VHS tape. Good Burger. I don't. I didn't have that. No before. way do you not know about Good Burger. Good Burger, no. home of the Good Burger. May I yeah. take your order? Not part of my my uh, lifestyle You're, or my death dude, style. That, that's that is actually such a boozy like that's like experiencing Ism. Ernest for the first time again. Right, I love uh, Ernest still. Yeah, he's the best. Um, rest okay, and and rest the peace. R.I.P. to the king. Uh, anyway, Dune was really really great. Obviously, I don't have to talk about it too much. I thought the the Shai Halud was was very spooky and cool. Yeah, it's the dusty. Oh my gosh. I, I will say that sometimes when they showed the sand, it looked a little funky. Um, yeah, admittedly, man, um, haven't told anyone this, but they, obviously we're sharing now. Yeah, you you opened up about being three years late on Dune. <clears throat> I didn't I didn't see Dune in the theater either, so I'm actually hoping that they'll do a re-release of it before mm-hmm. part two comes out because I do feel like I need to see I need to experience it in uh, on the big 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 screen. Yeah, and I I'm glad that they're actually doing the you know like the i think they're doing a trilogy out of the aren't they i think so this is one of those yeah like i i love that everyone loves it i like dune like it's it's good but it's just not like yeah i'm gonna talk about something else today that like just not my franchise i understand why it would do so much for everyone else right um but yeah it's very much in line with that but it's, oh, it's I'm, I'm sure there's a, it's a good movie. Yeah, I'm sure cool there's movie. a lot of people who, yeah, like really like it and know way more about it. Like I haven't read the books or anything, so yeah. I don't have that background. But I, I thought it was a great like space epic. And I know that a ton of things, like including like Star Wars, are like based off of it. Yeah, it's a huge, huge, like, huge influential. But I, I do appreciate that we are getting all the the 
trilogy i'm hoping because it was a really tough way to end end it like i'm sure i don't know if you can remember what the yeah, ending of it just it, it felt so obviously it's like super fucking abrupt and it's yeah it's just, a very much a part one it, yeah it, it's Major the fellowship <laughs> yeah fellowship kind of still had like a came full circle a little bit but i know lots of movies are doing that now like even I still haven't seen it, but across the Spider Verse, I know has like a sharp cut at the end where it's you know to be continued because mm-hmm. uh, it's part two parts. I'm going to see Dead Reckoning, New Mission Impossible tomorrow. It's part one of two. It's like how now is we're there in... a Mission Impossible and an Indiana Jones out at the same time right now? We're and in a strange timeline. Those are the two franchises I'm going to briefly touch on today. I went Perfect. through all of them. Um, awesome, but I still haven't. I haven't seen the new Indy yet. Um, but uh, I'm my most anticipated movie this year is Dead Reckoning. I'm so fucking excited to see it tomorrow. You're like, what is Tom Cruise gonna jump off of now? Exactly. Just I love that psychopath. Like I love what he does for us. Don't love him, but I, I, you know, fuck it, I do love him. You know, he. You're right. He really he does it. He does it for the culture. He's out he there does. fucking. He's like, I don't want a green screen anywhere near me. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, like. Yeah, he's, you know, bankrolling one of the worst found one of the worst things in our society, like Scientology, like that's Mm -hmm. that's an issue. But at least we're not like, you know, directly seeing him do these fucked up things. It's not like he's Danny Masterson, you know, or or Jonah Hill currently. It's like at least he he's like such a a skilled psychopath. He's very good. All you had to do was stay on the straight and narrow and not say anything weird to women. You couldn't do it. I know it's pretty shocking that that guy is insecure. No, we're not going to talk about that. We've we've gotten away from the cancel corner. That's very true. Yeah, that's that we canceled that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Dune that was had a bunch of fun with that one. Yeah, that one comes out right away here, so that's exciting. Uh, do you want to hit us with another one? Yeah, I'll talk about another one. Um, this one isn't as fresh in my memory, but it is a more recent film. I believe it is out on shudder i want to say and this Mm -hmm. is uh from this year 2023's consecration okay Uh, i saw it pop up there but i haven't seen it yeah so this is directed by christopher smith um written by christopher smith and stars is it jenna maloney or is it jenna malone i got a jenna malone (laughs) uh danny huston and janet suzman so it actually uh, i like danny huston yeah, it's it's a decent cast, honestly, and mm-hmm. a very cool setup. A very cool setup. It's um, so uh, consecration is after the alleged suicide of her priest brother, Grace travels to the remote Scottish convent where he fell to his death. Distrusting the church's account, she uncovers murder, sacrilege, and a disturbing truth about herself. So that so, sounds up my alley. I was right away. I was. Um, I feel like I was testing this movie in a weird way for you. Yeah, give um, it, give it a little test run for me. Yeah, because this is totally up your alley with the. the you know, you love your uh, your sacrilege. Yeah, I big say. fan of Satan. <laughs> big, big ups to the homie. He was one anyway, of my first likes on Facebook. Mitch Oliver likes Satan. Man, that's that's actually pretty bad. Do you think your parents did? Your parents have to have a talking with you. My, I swear to God to you that both of my parents have told me to stop saying "Hail Satan" in my life. <laughs> they don't like that. N- not too super duper fun. No. Um. Yeah. So this is a, a possession film. I mean, it's fairly new, so I don't want to talk a lot about it. But I think people can form their own opinions. They they have some some decent sacrilegious imagery. I I feel like the story itself 
I didn't I gave it two and a half. It there was some weird effects and and overall I didn't connect with it entirely, but oh, I liked bummer. I yeah, and I I really I think I really wanted to like this movie more. And I liked kind of the idea of like there's a little bit of possession and being followed in this convent and you have your character slowly being like thrust into having to be around all these people and kind of they slowly like turn her it's it's kind of cool that way but um i think mitch i think you should check this out yourself because there might be something more there for you than there was for me i did think that the cinematography for this was fantastic though so i will give big ups to that um nice. but yeah so that was the consecration nice yeah i uh I, I really liked Danny Huston and uh, I might be, I think it might be Houston Huston. I don't know. I just always know him as like, he's the king shit vampire in 30 days of night. Yeah. He's done like a million other things, but like, that's, that's who he is to me. He's like a world-class actor, but fuck, he's so good in 30 days of night. Oh, um, he was so, and yeah, like he plays a fucking wicked ass vampire. Let's yeah. not forget uh, Jenna Maloney from the ruins. Jenna and, Malone. Yeah. Uh, Jenna Malone, sucker punch. Remember sucker punch? Oh, um, I got the fucking steel book of Sucker Punch. <laughs> that's of one course. of the dumb. Like, dude, I got some. Yeah, that's at the top with my Green Lantern steel book. Like the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern. It's like, why? Why do I have this? <laughs> Who wanted this? Yeah, it's a me. Did, um, even when you bought it, did you want it that bad, or was it kind of like, oh, this is a collectible? I'm life. not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I convinced myself that I liked Sucker Punch because I like some of the songs in it. I remember um, the movie makes no sense at all. No, uh, it but it is also it's like a fever like, dream. Yeah, but it's like really pretty people in like you know Zach. Like I, that was at the time where I liked Zack Snyder because mm-hmm. um, I really like The Watchmen. I know a lot of people don't, but it's like my favorite book of all time and. The I, thought, I like, thought it was a cool movie. Yeah. yeah, it is. And like, but no, I, I think I convinced myself I like Sucker Punch, but I have zero desire to watch that one again. Okay, so put away your, your steel books for those then. It's one of the ones that didn't, it didn't make the cut. Oh, so uh, it didn't even make my, it to Vancouver. <laughs> no, because I still, only half of my collection is here. Half of my collection is still in my mom's. And it's so funny because I was like, I can only bring out the essentials. My essential, it's 650 fucking movies. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, but it is pretty funny how there's a couple. I had a meltdown one day because I'm like, no way would I forget to bring out Aquaman. <laughs> I wanted to pull that off the shelf and I was like, no fucking way. And then I found it. I thought someone you, stole my Aquaman. Do you ever just take like one of your like movies off the shelf and just kind of like look it over? Do you, oh, like yeah. look at the front, the back, like if it's got I do it all the time. It's I don't, I've started doing it so much and it's like, why am I doing this? It's part of the appeal of being a collector. I guess like, so. I need you know, to find joy in these things being here. Yeah. Well, that was like, you know, it's kind of the the old version of doom scrolling Netflix is going into Rogers, like going into a video store and spending an hour just looking at things and then ending up going home with the first thing that you picked up anyways. Like that was that such was, a thing for me. And going by covers, like because there was yeah. no Internet. So you just had to be like, what looks the most interesting in the cover yeah. on the back with the clips maybe will line mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, those were uh, good times, but I, I love doing that. Um, okay, Consecration. I'm going to, yeah, I'll just quickly knock off a couple things that aren't horror, but yeah, I've made it like pretty clear. I'm a huge Mission, Mission Impossible fan. Just went through that whole franchise again. So excited for Dead Reckoning. It is crazy how much better these movies get as they go. The last three in particular, I think like it's one of the rare cases where the first one I think is a great movie and it's directed by Brian De Palma. Like people... He's an incredible director, but um, 
I'm just, I'm so excited. The stunts get crazier and crazier. They look amazing on my 4K TV. Who else like rewatching them again? Sorry. Who else is in? The, is there anyone like I would know? Oh, dude, in Dead Reckoning, like I am so amped about this cast too, because it's Tom Cruise, Rebecca Ferguson, who's like top three crushes for me, but she's mm-hmm. also just like she's a phenomenal actor. Um, she played uh, Rose the Hat in in Doctor Sleep. Um, yeah, and then Vanessa Kirby, who's really great. Haley Haley Atwell, who I know you're not a Marvel guy. I actually am not anymore either. But in the Whoa, prime, you're gone. Hey, I'm just done. Like, I, I haven't even seen Ant-Man. I haven't seen. I want to see Guardians three. Um, I like those movies. I believe that one will be good. But I yeah. just I'm I am tired, tired of it. Like, I have no I'm never going to watch Ant-Man, Quantumania or whatever the fuck. OK, um, so do you do you feel like you just had are you are you just burnt out or did you no, have they got enough bad. of these characters in general? OK, it's, it's just... they got bad. Like, I stand by that. Like there was, you know, for a while there when everyone was having Marvel fatigue, I'm like, but, you know, I know they're not your thing, but mm-hmm. they were still I'm like, you know what? As long as they keep making great movies, yeah. I don't care how many of them come out. I'm down for that. No, uh, but... I, I, I know, like, obviously I've made it my thing that it's not my thing, but I, yeah. I like talking about it and hearing about it because it is interesting having kind of an outsider perspective of not going to see all these, but just kind of hearing how you guys have evolved, like over the years, we've been doing just, this for so long, like yeah, hearing I'm, you guys talk about all these different movies. I'm over it. But at the same time, like I said, I want to see Guardians 3 because I love James Gunn and I love those first two movies. I believe it'll be good. But I'm and I'm excited for Deadpool 3 because it's got mm-hmm. Wolverine. Like these are all characters I grew up with. Um, But I'm just like, I don't know. They just don't they're not going a direction that interests me right now. Right. But I, you know, I hope they're good. Like my favorite one out of this new phase is the one that everyone hates the most, which is Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Like I just love it because it's a Sam Raimi movie, and it like feels right. like a Sam Raimi movie. So um, do you feel like they need to stop for a little bit and reset? Or? They are not going to though. Like that's never going to happen. Like they they roll out that slate for the next ten fucking years. It's right. I don't know. I, I I'm obviously I'm never rooting for something to fail unless it's like a Woody Allen movie but um <laughs> but, but yeah I don't know it's uh yeah I'm I'm just over it I'm just you know like I'm so I can't believe like you know I haven't loved the last like five Christopher Nolan movies like not since Inception has something really done something for me from him right but I'm really excited for Oppenheimer now because I'm like fuck we're getting we're getting a huge movie that isn't a sequel it isn't a remake it isn't a Marvel movie it's yes. like yes it's its own I'm, yeah I just and it's like a cast of incredible actors like da- we've seen Robert Downey Jr. in a movie that isn't a Marvel movie or Dr. Doolittle. I'm so excited for that. Um, Killian Murphy. I, I'm late to the party. I'm just going through Peaky Blinders now and it's fucking amazing. I, I love the it. Peaky Blinders memes. Oh, they're, they're so the funny. Yeah. Like the Sigma male shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great show and Killian is amazing. <laughs> but no. Yeah. I But Mission Impossible is a prime example we're on like we're on the seventh movie i'm like you know they keep getting better keep giving mm-hmm. them to me give them give them give me give me give me give me i'm glad that that they're still holding up because, oh they're just getting uh, better another outsider perspective of me watching people slowly turn on fast and the furious mm-hmm. as it has jumped over several sharks which is so funny since i turned into a fast and the furious fan. Yeah. like i did and- the opposite and I, I remember seen like the seeing one. the first like three of them and then I saw five and I thought that was actually really cool five good action awesome. movie. And then yeah. I just remember it getting really like dumb after that. Yeah. 
yeah it's five is like that's like one of the all-time great action movies like it's no just yeah undebatable. It incredible but i don't know yeah it's the more silly the more self-aware that they're getting it's like i don't know less fun for me because like part of the charm was that it felt like they didn't know how dumb it was <laughs> like they like, weren't in on the joke yeah, yeah like the the whole family thing and now like it's just balls to the wall whatever I, i'm yeah fuck it they went to space you know whatever. exactly um what was i talking about yeah so i know la- another thing last thing not horror i haven't seen the new indiana jones but i went through all those again were you an indiana jones kid um yes and no yeah, i I, feel I watched me. i watched temple of doom a bunch because we owned it on vhs but like none of the other ones that's wild because yeah that's the main reason i want to mention this is like i you know how big of a star star wars is another thing like yep. i haven't seen mandal the new mandalorian or boba fett because i'm like just it's not good so i'm just not enjoying it any mm-hmm. like but it's those so originals. weird to think that we're we're like casting aside Star Wars. And I get what you're saying, but like I in never, this day yeah. and age, it's, it's so much. I never thought I'd see a day where I'd have Star Wars fatigue. Like mm-hmm. that's that's insane. Um, but what were we just talking about? Oh yeah, Indiana Jones. Like it's theoretic. Like I don't get me wrong. I really like Indiana Jones, but it was never my franchise. Like mm-hmm. I had those. Just as I'm, sh- I'm certain I was annoying with Star Wars for some people. I had friends that like the unpopular opinion like my favorite indiana jones is temple of doom and that's widely known as aside from crystal skull as the worst one and it's my favorite and like watching them again i'm like you know what i i can acknowledge that last crusade and raiders are both better movies yeah but fuck me is temple of doom so much fun and it's so trashy like it's so thinking about the it's the one i saw as a kid first and it's like dude there are some truly traumatizing moments in that movie and uh, yeah, I just had that's the one I had the most fun with uh, going through the franchise again. And I had never seen Kingdom of Crystal Skull in full until mm-hmm. four days ago. Is which one was that? It's the aliens and Shia LaBeouf. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Oh man, it. I, what? I, what? It, the franchise has been all over the place. I think. Don't take my word for this now because I I am kind of have like a rose colored glasses right now for just movies in general. I'm just very you know, happy and inspired and wanting to make stuff. Right. Um, but I do think Kingdom of the Crystal Skull benefited from me not seeing it for 10 years because <laughs> I, I didn't hate it the way that most people do. Um, I definitely think it's the worst one out of the four I have seen, but yeah. it has its moments. I think, uh, the yeah, bi- that's, a, that's a franchise I haven't gone back to in a long time. Outside of, it's so strange, outside of Star Wars, I don't find Harrison Ford that endearing. Oh, that's, yeah, we are different there. I love him so much. <laughs> And his most iconic role is Indy. Um, yes. But, like, yeah, you know, is. Han Solo is, you know, of course, I, Han Solo is my favorite, but his most iconic is Indy. But, yeah, no, I'm hopefully I got the week off. So, you know, today I was originally I was planning on going to see Insidious, the Red Door. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I might actually go after we wrap up tonight. Either way, or I might go tomorrow and then cause I'm going to Dead Reckoning at night. I might wake okay. up, go to do a double feature. You're having, yeah, you're having a movie day. You're having, yeah, and uh, this is my holidays. Yeah, yeah, you're and a treat you yourself. Know, I have this whole week, like I'm trying not to make plans because I just want to watch movies, finish my script, write, mm-hmm. get inspired. That's what Hell I want to yeah. do this week. And I, I haven't been to the theater as much as I'd like to, so I plan on like I want to go see indie, I want to go see Insidious, and um, there's a bunch of cool shit out. I still haven't seen Spider Man. Barbie. I, okay are you gonna go see barbie i legitimately want to go i want to go 
I'm contemplating that's... doing the double feature of Oppenheimer and Barbie. Like, right? That's me- that seems like such a deadly combo. And memes like... are truly doing so much for those both of those movies. I, that and also I think like Ryan Gosling could get me to pretty much watch just about anything. That fucker. I love that you go to Ryan Gosling over Margot Robbie. But truthfully, Margot Robbie's like, meh. Oh my god, th- those are like two of the most stunning people alive. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited for it. I hope it's good. But I do. I love the memes of like, here's the lineup. You wake up, coffee, cigarettes, Oppenheimer, cigarettes, 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 cigarettes. Cigarette, yeah. cigarette, <laughs> then you go to the pub. Get a cosmopolitan, <laughs> go back for Barbie, and then hit the um, Molly in the evening. <laughs> do you think that if uh, if Oppenheimer does good, that we're gonna get a little, a couple more like war epics? Do you think people are gonna tread back to the like you're talking about having like uh, new properties that aren't just fucking sequels or remakes? Yeah, like yeah, give me fucking uh, well, a bunch of other weird ass shit. They just premiered the trailer for Ridley Scott's Napoleon today. So it's like, we are kind of... Okay, yeah, there we go. And I, I didn't watch the trailer yet, but like I, I love Ridley, and that dude is incredibly hit or mess in his later work. But uh, Yeah, yeah. But, but he's uh, good at war epics. He is, and Joaquin is one of the greatest living actors, and he's leading it. But uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just hope we start getting, getting more shit like this. But it is funny, because <clears throat> even Barbie feels kind of original. And it's the it, furthest yeah, thing it from does. it, but it's just the way that it's being marketed and how it looks like, I don't know. I'm kind of for it, but did you see that they're already green lighting? Like JJ Abrams is doing a hot wheels movie. Oh, oh. So the other Renaissance is already started. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, cause we already, mm. we also got a, a Tetris movie. I still haven't seen it, but I heard it's good, but that's like more, it's about the making of Tetris. I think that's interesting, but oh, what else are we going to? Oh, well, I guess that means that we need another Goosebumps movie then. We do. We're getting a Goosebumps TV sh- series, so hopefully that's good. But they better uh, sh- have some some good special effects. I, I feel that they need to do service to this. I, I hope so. Yeah, that was so that's all my like non-horror stuff. Do you want to hit us with another one? Then I got a few more. Uh, the other movie I checked out, this is from 2020, so I'm a little late to it. It is called Run. Uh, oh, star Sarah Paulson and Kira Allen. I just read the script for this. Did you? That's, yeah, that, it's how... a weird one that I watched. Read, the, but it's written really interest. Like it's it's a really interesting script. I liked the movie too, from what I remember. Yes, I I thought this is a really a really um how would I? It really it's sucked intense. me in. Yeah, it it really sucks you in right from the start and gives you this character that you have this built-in sympathy for and then yeah. you're watching as your your main character kind of unravels and it just it goes from strength to strength i thought this was actually a really cool movie and like if you check out the artwork for it they have kind of some minimalist artwork it's very smart so basically the story is a girl bound to a wheelchair is um having a bunch of strange things happen and realize that her mother might have something to do with it. Yeah. It turns into a little bit of a, a siege, if you will. It's like, it's about Munchausen by proxy. Do you yes. know like the gypsy Rose Blanchard? Like, I think it's based off of that, but they don't actually like, they're, they're not. Yeah. Using they don't, names. they don't throw in that little thing at the start to get people to watch it. No, but, and um, there was a Patricia, what was that one called? I think it's called the act. It was the actual gypsy Rose Blanchard acted out in his Patricia Arquette and um, oh, the girl from Me, Earl and the Dying Girl. She's really good. It was a great show. Okay. But it's such an interesting concept that like, you know, there's a lot of sick fucking people who have kids. 
yeah i i think the the most interesting and I, the biggest horror aspect of it is that idea of the people closest to you or the people who are supposed to unconditionally care for you love for you you know make yeah. sure that and then like protect you and to watch you know the this mother slowly destroy this girl is it's wild and it turns into a cat and mouse game i would definitely recommend it and i have to say that i fucking love the ending for this it mm -hmm. has it has a spicy little ending to it so if anyone checks it out have fun with that it's a, this would be a good double feature with unhinged it, surprisingly yeah like, you just make me want to watch unhinged it's because it's the oh. best it's so good. And unhinged is the best. Yeah. We should, let's start a cult and it'll just be about unhinged. If the terror table has done anything, it's that we built up prophecy and Prophes unhinged. <laughs> That's our contribution to the world. I'm happy you uh, watch that one. That does seem like one that you would dig. I yeah, I saw it when it came out and I really I remember really liking it. Yeah. So um and the other thing I have to say is I think Sarah Paulson is really good. She's been in some stuff that I really don't like, but I, I feel like she always puts her best foot forward. I've always, she was one, she, I canceled her. She was one, of, I, I didn't. Oh God, I, I forgot. We canceled so many people. Come on now. I canceled I, the rock and people still talk. I about. just, I just deleted my review on Letterboxd of, uh, it, I gave it three and a half, but I wrote something up and I was like, Sarah Paulson puts her naturally dead eyes to work here. <laughs> I was like, fuck that's mean but she is like she's really good in that movie i think i think she's, she's such an, a good disc <laughs> she's an incredibly good actor but i think mm -hmm. for me i just had seen her do the same thing so many times right like, i think i i was one of those people that stayed on american horror story way longer than i should have and i think that probably gave me sarah paulson fatigue but she was really good in run i you know what? Maybe it is that she does a lot of the same kind of stuff. But for this role, I think it really serviced yeah. how because she had to have a little bit of that. Uh, what would you call it? like that? That dead eyeness to it. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Like, she's a little neurotic and like crazy. But she the whole yeah. premise is like it. it's hinged on her being able to convince her daughter that she's sick and like yeah, everyone yeah. else and not that she's the one who's sick, you know? I really appreciate that. That yeah, when going back to like talking about the dead eye thing is a lot of times you're you're watching. No, no, no. You're watching like I'm. I'm thinking of scenes in this when she gets really quiet and intense. Yeah. Is, um, just her processing information, like a trying to figure out the best way to keep this like facade going. Yeah. It's it's really funny. She's one of those actors that like when she does do the dead eye thing, it's mm -hmm. it says so many things without her speaking a word. Like you can watch the wheels turning in her head. That's and her like, blue steel. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, you know, it sounds like a diss, but it's actually a compliment. Like it's like it takes there's very few actors that can do that, that they can have such a presence or like an effect on on a on a scene or like and push the story forward without saying a word. Yeah, and without uh, overly emoting either, not yeah, like quivering exactly. or anything. Yeah, yeah, I know I totally get what you're saying. Um, what about you? What do you got next? What's what's cooking? Who's carved up? Who's a carved ham? Who's your carved beef? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the story of Robert England. So it's a Ooh. new documentary about Robert England. I can be pretty quick on this one because um, you know, if you're a Nightmare on Elm Street fan, if you're a Robert England fan, you should see it. It's good. It's it was entertaining. Um, I think it's a little and who messy. better who better than you to tell us your true thoughts on it because you're the big nightmare fan. I do love it's my favorite franchise. I love yeah. love Nightmare. Um, but for me it was like I you know, I already knew all most of this. So, it, you know, it was just the best parts of it were just, you know, 
watching old footage of movies that I haven't seen that he was in and seeing how good of an actor he is. And, uh, you know, I met him a couple times and seen him speak. And um, I really, I just really like the guy. And, you know, he's the most iconic horror character for me. It's, it's good. It's just, it's a little, I feel like it jumps around a lot where I was like, it just didn't feel as focused as I feel like we could get a better Robert England documentary than this. Right. But I still, Um, I still enjoyed it. I have to just ask with that being said, since a lot of times these documentaries are all documenting and covering the same things, kind of treading over the same information, basically, Mm -hmm. unless they're doing like recent interviews, but like the, as the information is rolled out to you, was it good that way? Like, I mean, having known everything, it's like watching like a Halloween documentary. It's like, okay, exactly. Even you already know, but it's still entertaining. Yeah. Like how are, are you presenting it to me in a fun way? You know, like, yeah. I mean, I just like listening to Robert England talk and he can mm-hmm. re- that man can tell a story and he's he's a very dramatic person. Like not like even when he's not acting, he's just a dramatic human being. I Isn't think that's one a of the born entertainer. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I think that's the biggest thing you can take away from the that movie is that this guy was destined. He was going to be one of the great actors with or without Freddie. It's just right. like Freddie happened and then he became just freddy and people couldn't look past that and that's kind of a shame but at the same time he created one of the greatest horror characters of all time mm-hmm. one of the most iconic uh, movie villains and and I, I i'm sure that his his bank account isn't saying what a shame too often no not not when you're charging 300 dollars for an autograph at there conventions. you go <laughs> i like i was luckily enough to i think when i got an autograph it was only 70 um but i think even we were we were at monster palooza uh when we were in la and uh, I think his, yeah, he had, it was like 350 bucks for an autograph. I'm like, Yikes. good God. I get it, Man. though. Like, you know, that's where he's, you know, the he's not getting calls the way that, you know, most people do anymore, like in his old age. And I'm like, you know what, if I'm all for convention culture, like, you know, people, unless mm-hmm. there, there's certain people I'm not even going to mention because it's kind of close to where I live. But there's some people I think go way to they 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 overestimate their value and it's like you're you're the flash man (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) man i think that one of the not funniest but most awkward things when you go to conventions and there's the person who never has a line the entire time and looks bored it makes me upsetty spaghetti and you're gonna be i i know i've told this story on the podcast i'm not gonna talk about what i have talked about but that happened with lance Henriksen. oh like lance was he was right beside robert england and there was a giant lineup and then i went out by myself and i'm holding my pumpkin head poster and i have like um my near dark dvd in the back of one one of my pants and then i had uh uh it was a, then my pumpkin head blu-ray as well but he was just the sweetest little man and he just wanted to sign everything i couldn't mm-hmm. afford to get everything signed he saw that I had more. So he's like, and he sent me home with goodies. It's just such a sweetheart. See, like that's, this is a very real fear in my life is that I'm not going to be able to meet him before he passes away because I genuinely yeah. like, I really want to meet him. I think he's such a fucking interesting dude and he's had such a huge impact in yeah. horror. It's, it's he's amazing. Wild. He's yeah. in, he's in one of the best movies I've seen this year, which was the artifice girl produced by Aaron B. Koontz and paper street pictures. Oh, uh, hell dra- Yeah. Dude, that movie is so fucking, it's just like indie filmmaking at its best. It's like so simple, but just so clever. It's written, directed, and starring uh, Franklin Rich. And then Lance Henriksen plays the older version of him. 
um oh. it's it's amazing it's got like big primer vibes but i actually like i like this more than primer because it didn't make me feel like i'm dumb <laughs> uh but it's just a very interesting movie about you mean AI. that's like how i feel most of it that's my default setting i just feel dumb <laughs> yeah you uh yeah i don't know it's just the artifice girl is amazing um and yeah just huge kudos to the whole paper street team and it's so so good to see our buddy aaron like take a big w with this yeah, one of course oh my god love those guys too like yeah it's, it's always yeah it's great um yeah i think i think it would be really cool to have lance hendrickson just narrate my life mm-hmm. just for a day even even if i do nothing all day i think that his his voice is so unique and powerful Agreed. this makes you just want to go watch like, like lance aliens or pump- yeah yeah he's, he's one of the best man one of the best speaking of um i guess i'll knock off another one that i saw quite uh, like a while ago but um uh one of my other favorite movies of the year so far is influencer uh which just oh, came yes. out yes and this I've one this. yeah it's on shutter and the synopsis is while struggling on a solo backpacking trip in thailand social media influencer madison meets cw uh who travels with ease and shows her a more un- uninhabited way of living but CW's interest in her takes a darker turn. Uh, and the film starring Emily Tennant, Rory J. Saper, Cassandra Naud, uh, Justin Sams, and Sarah Canning. And these are all Vancouver people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I can confidently say now, because like you never want to be that guy when you know people who are involved with something and then it sounds disingenuine when you really build it up. I truly love this movie. I think it's fucking great. It's just a huge bonus that my friend Tesh wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was him and Kurt David Harder, who's done some really cool movies like Spiral. Um, he produces all of like him and Brandon Christensen do all of each other's movies. So he's produced Z, Stillborn, Superhost, all those movies. But uh, Tesh is one of my really good friends out here. And that's my like the whole movie is just fucking awesome. But it's the script that really takes it to what I was getting. I was like, I can safely build that up because it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not just saying that I love it because my friend did it. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. And it's so cool seeing that it's uh, that it's really taking off and it's it's doing big things for their careers right now. And I think it's so well-deserved. I confidently think that it's one of the best movies I've seen on Shudder. It looks so beautiful. It's just beautiful yes, people in a, a beautiful very, Do setting. you know where they shot? Thailand. And Yeah, that, it was a beautiful... Yeah, because I've also seen this film. I really liked Influencer yeah. as well. Yeah, and I, I don't know if this is public information now, so I don't know if you'll get <clears throat> mad that I'm sh- I don't think so, because this is such a huge W for them. They made this thing for $180,000. Really? Like, that is fucking insane. They all, like, it was a really small crew, flew out to Thailand. They, like, you know, Kurt's, uh, Sarah Canning is is Kurt's partner, and she's, like, taking off huge right now. She's amazing. Um, she's in Superhost and the Vampire Diaries, and she's in my friend Brian's uh, short in the Shadow of God that she's just cleaning up awards. She's so good. Um, but they really crushed it. Like this is the they've been making movies for a long time. Like Kurt's done a ton of really good shit, and this is this is the best we've seen from them so far. And it's mm-hmm. it's so nice to see that it's uh really taking off for them because it's a really clever movie. It's really entertaining. It's tight. Um, the acting across the board, you would never guess that this was made for 180 grand. Like that's insane. That's fucking insane. That's uh, yeah, that's not a lot. No, and for especially the fact that it did in Thailand, like that is wild. It's crazy. Um, it's just a huge win, and I'm so happy that uh yeah, people seem to even on my letterbox, it's all high scores and 
yeah get on shutter and check that out yeah that's a big one on there i also will say big up to them for pulling an adam sandler move they're like hey we're gonna go on vacation dude we talk about that all the time like uh tesh is like that's our model now we call it the adam sandler model and the movie they're about i love that it actually is called because that that's the first thing i think of is just like we're taking a vacation boys yeah and they got (laughs) they got a really really interesting one lined up and i was just like you guys are you cracked the code they're going to the bermuda triangle they're very insistent upon a film that is about the Bermuda Triangle being yeah. filmed in the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's uh yeah, just big ups to those those folks and check out the movie if you haven't yet. It's it's mm-hmm. very, very good. Um, do you want to hit me with another one, Boozy? That's actually all I've had. I've been so busy. I could tell you I could really bore all our listeners and uh talk about putting in flooring and how fun and time consuming that your place is, looks but... amazing you sent me all thank the you. pictures that you and katie have been working on that place for it's gorgeous oh my god thank you so, so much good. but but yeah that's I, I feel like a big bummer coming in here and not having more to talk about but that's it that's all that's encompassed my life you know i put on the the 90s dance remix it's like a two-hour mix and they kind of like update some of the songs is that the one so... cotton eye joe yeah, but they like they like add the like like they mm-hmm. they update it a little bit and they got like Mr. Vane and they like kind of mix it up. So Hell yeah. anyway, that's I mean, that man, was you, all those you, going on. You hit us, house. you hit us with three three movies. That's pretty good. Um, uh, the last one I'm gonna quickly touch on it because I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it. Not a fan. I saw the new Children of the Corn, which is also on Shutter. I really want you to watch it because I want you to see the ending. And it's one of those things. Why is it so fucking hard to make a Children of the Corn movie? You literally stole the word. Like, it's such a cool idea, and it feels like it's so easy. Yeah. It's like the work is done for you. Like, there's so many cool ways you could take this story. And this is, I think this is like the ninth or tenth one. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like, it's been a while since I've seen the first one, but I don't think the first one's even any good. Like, it's crazy how they just can't crack this Children of the Corn. There, maybe there's like a curse to certain like Stephen King stories mm-hmm. that there'll just never be like a, a good adaptation. And I really yeah. hope that's not true for Salem's Lot because that's one I'm big time like yeah. that needs a good adaptation. I, I think that one's going to be great. I, I have high hopes for that one. I, I'm really excited for that. But uh, but it just dude, I'm just going to I think this will get you more intrigued to watch it. That mm-hmm. There's a creature. There's a creature okay. in this yeah, Children I'm, of the Corn movie. I'm okay i'm sold all right that's I'm weird sold. i don't know why that would be in there but it is truly fucking mind-boggling what what i was i was i sat i was watching in my bed and i was like i sat up i'm like what like, how is this fucking happening whose idea was this and how did they let it pass it's uh it's pretty wild but yeah it's, those are it's... some of my favorite moments is especially when it's it's something that there's already been like a one version of yeah. And you're like, oh, so that's how you spiced it up. You had something really fucking weird out of left field. Mm-hmm. Like a literal corn monster. That <laughs> looks like a transformer. It is It is truly a sight to see. Um, I have... So, um... Sir, go ahead. I just... There's plenty of other great movies on uh, Shudder right now that you could be watching other than Children of the Corn. Yeah, actually, you could check out the, um, the Boulay Brothers Halfway to Halloween special. They have so many fucking guests on there, and Hell that yeah. was a very cool thing. Uh, I was going to ask you, you can cut this if you want. This is kind of just more of a question in general. You have the Taking Shape books, right? Yeah, I do. Do you have both of them or just the f- I got the first both. one? Okay. Yeah. I just picked up the second one because it's getting harder to find, mm-hmm. but it's 
I feel like I'm really more excited for that one because it's all like the unfinished scripts or like Dude, unshot. I'm so are, excited. That's my favorite part. I really like <laughs> I really like taking shape too. And mm -hmm. the it's not the same to say I didn't like taking shape one, but I, I think like actually covering stuff we didn't get to see is yeah. sometimes like more interesting in the long that's, run that way. That's my favorite part about those books. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, Slash of the Titans is the other one that I have with uh, it's the Freddy story of Freddy versus Jason. And it's all of the unmade scripts. Right. And dude, that it is endlessly entertaining to hear what almost happened multiple times. And I remember you truly... mentioning that before. That that's so cool. I love that. Or I like um I know I have I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but like I have the other version of the Alien 3 script. Oh and yeah, like, I got that's that one too. super cool. Yeah. yeah, like and having yeah. the artwork and stuff for that, super yeah. cool. Yeah, it's a cool one. Yeah, I was actually there there's a new one out for uh it's I guess it's been out for a couple months now, but uh it's a child's play one that I want to pick up. Is the yeah, same guys? Yeah. So far, like it's been, I've I've enjoyed all those books. So yeah, that because they're they've been doing a ton of those and they mm -hmm. do a really good job. Like a a cohesion. You can tell they do it with love. It's not just yeah. like a cash grab. Like, hey, look, we have this guy from Halloween or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, I will say I've I've gotten into a terrible habit also lately of buying movies that I don't need, but I just want as a collector. I saw you buy something. Oh, you bought a cool one though. Yeah, I bought The Beast Within the other day, which is just this obscure 80s like yeah. monster movie. But somebody was selling it on um, eBay and it was a bid thing instead of just a, a buy. And one person had bid like two dollars on it, like English. What is that? Pounds or whatever. So yeah. I I I did like five pounds and then I got a notification like a week later that was like, you're about to win this an hour. And I was like, wait, what? So I ended up having to spend like 20 bucks for shipping for this fucking thing, but I spent $5 on it. So whoever sold it, that's a good price for a beast within. It, oh, hundred percent. Like the movie itself, you can get for like way more than that. It was just, it was the most just thinking about it in a logical point. It's like, what did you gain from this? Like it, this was, it was such a throwaway thing for me that I didn't expect to win at all. So yeah. Yeah. The, no, that's happy awesome. surprises. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break and then we're going to come back and talk about 19. We're going to talk about the burning from 1981. See you on the Hell other yeah. side. This summer, if you're planning to go camping, don't. If you're looking forward to midnight swims, don't. Sneak on back to the campsite. Get some matches. Build us a hot fire. And if you're thinking about being with someone where no one can see you, don't. Because this summer, a legend of terror isn't just a campfire story anymore. They say he smashed his way through the bunk room door, just a mass of flames. I cried out, I will return, I will have my revenge. He lives on whatever he can catch right now. Summer five years ago is about to happen again and again and again. The burning. 
and welcome to our main feature presentation where we are going to be continuing our slasher series with the burning from 1981 the burning is the story of the synopsis is a former summer camp caretaker horribly burned from a prank gone wrong lurks around an upstate new york summer camp bent on killing the teenagers responsible for his disfigurement we're gonna get it right out of the way so that we can move on and just enjoy this conversation but this was the very first movie by harvey weinstein and bob weinstein Harvey Weinstein created this movie. Um, uh, this movie is made by a literal monster, and it uh, kicked off a fucking multiple decades long uh, string of abuse from this psychopath. Uh, but moving on, uh, it's directed by Tony Malum, and this is the one of the big crown jewels on the work, the mighty fine works of Tom Savini. Um, so th- there's so much to talk about here. I have seen this movie multiple times. It's one of my favorites in the slasher genre. We talked about that a lot. So I want to go right into you, Boozy, about your thoughts about seeing the burning. Get into me. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like I had said, uh, our previous episode that uh, this was a little bit of a a guilty, you know, a guilty spot that I hadn't checked out the burning. I've seen so much artwork and you know there's there's definitely a cult following for it and now having watched it i can see why and like you were kind of mentioning um this is actually where i thought you were going before is talking about films that uh it kind of spawned out of that slasher genre that halloween and texas chainsaw kind of got going there is i think this is one of the best yes like well i don't want to call it second tier but like it's it's one of the best like also came out of the slasher films yeah. in the in the 80s like yeah. and and obviously it takes elements from you know the the classics there but so fucking cool i thought this was so well done and it, it kind of it, it did some things that aren't prototypical of a, a certain slashers so i thought that was interesting as well yeah. um what's your history with this mitch i think we can talk more about how i felt after but I didn't I didn't see it till a little bit later. I saw it in my early 20s. This was one of the very first Scream Factory movies I ever bought. And Oh, so you uh, own this. Okay. Yeah, I got it right here and it's it's I've got, the transfer is awesome. Uh this was like one of the things that kicked off my obsession with Scream Factory when they were releasing really cool stuff. <clears throat> and um yeah, this one I did I came to it a little bit later, but like you just mentioned, I consider this up there with like My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. and uh slashers like that like yeah of course we got so many of these and this movie does do a lot of things that we've seen like you know one of the biggest criticisms that slasher movies take is that they're they're all the same and this movie does all of those things but it does it better it's like yep. one of the best to do it um i think this movie even stands above i would say actually honestly i you know i'm a huge friday fan but yep. this is the best friday the 13th movie that isn't friday the 13th um, oh, a hundred percent. I feel like it takes some of those ideas that fr- uh, Friday had and and does them better. Do you notice that like the big another big thing about slashers is it's kind of part of its charm that the characters are always so unlikable and that yeah. they're shitty and they don't feel fleshed out. And that is not the case with the burning. The burning introduced you to so many characters and all of them have something going for them and feel authentic and real. Like it's it's not even it doesn't even feel it is campy. Because it's, you know, we got the Tom Savini effects, which I also think that, and I think most people would agree with this, this is some of the best effects that man has ever done. And this was still at the early stages of his career. 
but he famously walked away from doing like the Friday the 13th sequels to work on this one. Mm-hmm. And um, even like he returned to Friday with my personal favorite, which is part four. And even like the effects in the burning are better than the effects in Friday the 13th part four, a movie that I love. Uh, but it's it's just master class. And like it just feels so it's you can really sink into this movie, which there's a like even when we were watching prom night, I was just so pulled away from it. I was just bored and just didn't care about these people. And I still I'm not going to I'm not about to say that I cared about every character in the burning, but they at least had some kind of depth to them. And that's something that's missing in a lot of slasher movies. Well, like you said, it, it should feel like they had some sort of redeemable quality that they weren't just these shitty people being shitty that you're fine with. Yeah, it's you kind of felt like, oh, my God, these are these are kids. These are teens like, yeah, they had that one. The one shitty character, which is he's meant to be the Glazer. I, I love the names <laughs> Glazer. like Glazer, Alfred, Todd, Michelle. Um, Dave, Jason Alexander, George Costanza himself. Like, I want to hear Were you a Seinfeld guy. I actually want to, to uh, talk about that for a quick second. I spent 30 years of my life not watching Seinfeld, like kind of seeing bits and pieces, yeah. but not having any real depth to watching it in terms of knowing what characters are and everything. Started watching it like the start of this year. So I good. fucking love Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's like an acquired taste, but like I fucking love Seinfeld. I think it's so subtly funny, but yeah. seeing Jason Alexander in this with hair, also, yeah. Jason Alexander, I the more I've dug into it, is just a fantastic actor overall. He's so good. He's really good in this movie. And obviously, he created one yes, of the, yes. the best TV characters of all time with George Costanza. But quickly on that, I was like, how I got into Seinfeld was I was a kid who had always just always had the TV on. And, yep. you know, you go to TBS. And Seinfeld was like, it was always it, on. I never gave a flying fuck about Seinfeld because I was a child. Why? Yeah. Like, There's just something about it that isn't for kids so it's like i never watched it but then there would be those times where there's absolutely nothing else on so you go to seinfeld and then i remember even when i was young that's how i got into seinfeld i was like oh this is actually hilarious like and now going back to it as an adult like i'm a huge curb your enthusiasm fan too like larry david in general and it's like yeah it's it is so so funny it's now it's one of my favorite shows but it's It's, crazy how i rejected um... it so hard for so long I th- yeah, I think it, it just it doesn't have enough like physical humor, I think, for me when I was younger to be like that entertaining. It's yeah. like, I don't want to listen to this guy go the whole it's, time. But yeah, it's it, it I love that Jerry. You. I love that Jerry is like the worst character in the show. <laughs> Not to turn this into Seinfeld, but like he's no, like the yeah. least interesting one. And uh, but and I still love, like I love Jerry in, in that show. But yeah, it's yeah, it's it's incredible. But it is like it's just very much. It it seems weirder that kids someone would be into Seinfeld when they're younger because it's like but, but why like what what about this is geared for it's, it's also strange that it was just on so often yeah. like that way too it just felt, I would yeah, have like, to watch it whenever Lizzie McGuire ended and there was no more Lizzie McGuire so I'd have to watch Seinfeld there was yeah see, like for me it was always everybody loves Raymond that one was oh. fucking always on yeah and that that was a it was a thing in my house for like a big part of my that was my dad's favorite show so every monday we'd cook supper and oh, watch God. everybody loves raymond and then we would play that who wants to be a millionaire yes. computer game yeah yeah, we yeah, do yeah that together that was oh like my god that monday your was family nights were yeah your family nights went off yep but but the yeah. burning <laughs> anyway going back to the burning 
Um, I have to ask about the whole, have you seen the documentary Cropsy? I, I did a long time ago, but I was going to try and rewatch it before this because, yeah, yeah I, I, I've i also seen it, but it's been so long. I really I remember that they like walk around like new areas in New York and they're like, oh, this is where Cropsy would have been. So yeah. I have to look more into it. But I, I love that the, the there's kind of like the, the characters based off of that. Yeah, you know, it's a great slasher. It is a great slasher and a great idea for a slasher that we've seen before. <laughs> yeah um, totally i i think the effects when you actually do see cropsy that's my favorite part is that it, you t- it takes so long but when you finally do see cropsy it's so worth it oh yeah it's, it's kind of like how when jason gets his mask knocked off for the first time and you get like a real good look yep. like oh um i i will say that overall there's there's so many really cool scenes i liked in this but my favorite, and I'm sure this is most people's favorite, is just him popping out of the canoe and just Dude. slaughtering like because and that was one thing I was going to mention is that's not like a typical slasher thing. Like I know you see it in like Texas Chainsaw, but to be like the slashers just hanging out in a boat the middle of the day and, you know, like slaughters like six or seven he people. At the... So many people in a 50. I had to when I watched it last, I rewound it. because I'm like, how much how much death did they pack in? How long was that? And I calculated it was 50 seconds. Five. Really? Zero. Yeah. And he's and just like, chopping people's fingers off and yeah. stabbing people in the neck. They cut it down, too, because like the ratings, the ratings board was like, this is too much. So <laughs> I would love to see, like, you know, how far they actually went. But like. This really is like the crown jewel on Tom Savini's work, you know, right up there with Dawn of the Dead. Like it's it's amazing. And that that scene in particular is like that's worth that's worth your time for picking this movie up. Like that yeah. scene alone. And there's still yeah, so and, much other great shit, but yeah, and it, it really reinforces like how scary it is when like the, the raft comes floating back and they're like, Hey guys, why are you like fucking around? There's just there's something very scary that all this is happening like during the day and they're stuck all the way out there. It really, it it's a good premise for tension and like just genuinely being scared for these characters. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like just there, all the dialogue, it just, that it doesn't feel forced in the way that like, you know, some, some slashers, I love that. The, I love the clunky dialogue that doesn't feel authentic, like sleepaway camp. It's like, that's part yeah, of the, the over the topness to it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not really in the burning. Like, there's a couple moments, of course, like mainly with Glazer, I would say, like the douche. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like it just goes to show. Like, you look at movies like Halloween was so elevated because of Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, that's a genuinely great actor. And mm-hmm. same with Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street. And it's like, and then the burning has Holly Hunter and Jason Alexander, and they just feel so authentic and real. And yeah. like, that's really what makes this movie. There's so many things that that make it work, but. I truly do. I think it's one of the best slasher movies to ever be made. Yeah, no, this is. And I think that that when you finally do get to see Cropsy, I think that's also something that that elevates it is instead of just having a straight up masked character or having mm-hmm. a, a reveal of being like the, you know, the Scooby-Doo thing of like, oh, it was, you know, Je- Jeff who walked yeah. over there, that fucker. <laughs> like I in Prom the... Night where you pull off the mask and it's someone that we already know. Like it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's the, the Scooby-Dooism, but I love mm-hmm. that the burning is just this real fucked up menacing. Like when you see Cropsy and he's wandering around in the house, like he's genuinely scary and just yeah. the way they, they light him. It's just he oh. a genuinely creepy character. And I think that really helps with reinforcing like how scary this film is. And like I had kind of mentioned before, like 
there is something that makes it more terrifying when it's the fact that like these characters are out during the day. He, yeah. You know, he doesn't wait till night to hunt his mm-hmm. prey. He's fucking out there. Yeah, agreed. And the the lighting really it it's like I can't recommend the for the 4K enough. Even though I I just have watched it on the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. but like the transfer, it's such a it's like a dreary summer camp movie. So it's like it still doesn't feel like it's like super sunny, which makes it kind of creepier. Like it, of course there are moments, especially the most famous scene with Cropsey, the sun behind him dropping mm-hmm. the yeah the scissors um the, the shears the shears yeah so baller and like yeah god that whole scene is just amazing but um just the mood of the whole thing it's like that's why i put my bloody valentine up there as well as that's another movie that shares right the, like earnest straight-faced approach to this material where it's like it feels like they're genuinely trying to scare you and it works i i agree yeah and i i like the um I don't know if it's like Cropsey's extra spookyisms, but I love that he has like the the skull and everything. Like he mm-hmm. he has a little bit of the Michaelisms. Like I'm gonna decorate a little bit after I do <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing. We love um, a slasher with a personality. Yeah, I know that we uh, contradict each other or contradict mm-hmm. not only each other but ourselves constantly in the show. But I would just like to throw in that this one would be interesting to have. Uh, like a reimagining or a new version of the burning because it's such a dark um, overall just yeah like such a, a dark slasher I think yeah. that that making it now you could do something really fucking cool with it oh yeah I agree and that's overall just because I think that the story itself is good to begin with but I think that like this is one I could envision like you know a new age oh we're stuck out in the woods you know the kids yeah. the, their cell phones don't work and yeah blah blah blah, blah kind of bullshit you know yeah. what I'm talking about. No, for sure. Like we're we're getting remakes of much, much like stranger properties. Well, I mean, like if if Slumber Party Massacre could get remade, I I don't see why. Like I feel like this is a little bit above even that kind of film. But like if people remember that, then this one totally should. I love Cropsey's design in this, and that's you know clearly the the true masterful work of Tom Savini. Um, but uh, the the other I think the one of the big reasons, obviously, is uh, that people don't talk about this one as much is like it didn't spawn all these sequels and it didn't mm-hmm. have this huge run. And I think that that almost works in its favor. It's kind of like the Prowler is another one. I'm not sure if you've seen that, but I put that one up there as well with the burning and my bloody Valentine is like some of the best spl- slashers. <sighs> I'm trying to remember, like, I know that it was on my watch list. I can't remember if I have, but I think I need to go back and check it out again, because if it's on the same level as this, then I definitely either it's a missed opportunity for me or I just haven't seen it recently enough to remember. But yeah, I I think you'll like it. I I, never once again, I'm even contradicting myself during this episode is you're right. Like, it is cool that it's just this little one off gem of its own thing. But yeah, like, I just I feel like there's something that there could be, you know, like one more film in this. I would greatly welcome more of the burning. (laughs) Like, it's it's kind of a missed opportunity. But at the same time, um, I love that, you know, and they do that in multiple Halloween movies. They've done in Chucky. They've done in Nightmare on Elm Street. It's like how. How are they going to make another one after what they mm-hmm. did? But they really fucking mangle <laughs> Cropsy at the end of this thing. Like, it's like they make sure he is toast. Oh, yeah. They they were the kings of like, uh, fuck double tapping. We're triple exactly. tapping and yeah. we're also cremating. Exactly. Let's set him on fire. <laughs> let's stab him in the face. Let's fucking do everything that you can. 
And uh, that's something that really makes it stand out. And yeah, like Friday did that all the time and he would still find a way to come back. And like, that's part of the charm of that franchise for me Yeah, is how silly it is. But they, yeah, they really go, go for it in this one. But uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to, sorry. You know, just overall, I I think that, um, you know, that some of the films we watch haven't aged as well as others. I think this one's actually aged fairly well. I think this is still a very, like, obviously I had a great time watching it, but for, um, you know, people who haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend, like, it took me up until a couple of days ago to watch it. And I think this is fantastic. Like, I, I really want to watch it again because I think even just watching that last 20 minutes or so, like, that is really good tension. And I think, you know, they did a fantastic job of having a wrap up with that, considering how many different movies around this time and right before were experiencing that whole, like, you know, how do the teens save the day or, you know, like yeah. save themselves. So I think like this one to have them kind of go on the offensive so much, I really, I thought that was, was a nice touch to it, but yeah, no, I totally agree. And I, uh, I think the reason why, like I suggested this one was because we did a prom night episode and mm-hmm. yeah, don't get me wrong. I had a whole bunch of fun with hello, Mary Lou, big fan of that one. Uh, but I was like, man, if we're going to be talking about like, let's let's extend this a little bit more and let's let's fix you seeing the burning because I just yes. knew you were going to like it. Yeah, very much appreciated. And I, I would recommend for for anyone. Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this and haven't seen the burning or don't remember and haven't seen it recently, go watch it again. And like also watching this just makes me want to do like more slashers, like watch more slashers right now. I'm thinking about like, I really want to watch the original Hitcher again because that's. I love that movie. Really fucking oh. brutal and violent movie. You know what? We make the rules, so let's just fuck it. It, it. We don't need to keep the... It might not be in consistency with the series because we're going to do a Haunted House episode next, but like, let's do an episode that... I want to do The Hitcher and The Prowler. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. We should do I... The Hitcher original and remake because I remember really liking the remake when it came out, mm-hmm. but like... You know, I, I was going to suggest that or even Hitcher 2. I have the two DVD pack. <laughs> I never saw that one. <laughs> never, never got around to the Hitcher Maybe two. you could watch that one on your own. I think, yeah, even just doing the original and the remake would be fantastic. Because, yeah, those yeah. I very look fondly on those. And that's also what made me like an even bigger like Michael Bean fan. Yeah, totally. Oh, Wait, I, not, it, no, no, sorry. Not is it? Oh, God, what Ned, is this? Ned, Ned Stark? No, 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 no. Um, oh, who is the original one? The original Rick, Ricker Howard. Sorry, yes, Ricker yeah, Howard. From Blade of. Runner, and yes, yeah, my he's bad. How about the shotgun? He's amazing. Like the opening scene in the Hitcher, dude, is it's one of the greats. It's so creepy. He's he's so good. But yeah, no, we'll definitely do some more of these in the near future because even the Hitcher is a little bit different. So that's a great yeah. great idea. Hell yeah, that's got me pumped up for more slashing summers. I did, okay, I forgot to ask. Maybe you have brought it up before. Did you go to summer camp when you were younger? I went one year and it was it fucking sucked so bad. I went to a Christian summer camp where we had to be in bed by eight p.m. Oh, so there was no hijinks and and like discovering a secret lore or a, like a slasher in the woods. None They're of that actually- fun. There was that, but then I realized that I was the one poisoning the camp. Like I went with a friend. You were the poison like, in the watering hole, hey? Yeah, it it was me that was spreading the misinformation from my like because I was the kid in a fucking super religious camp where we had to go to bed at eight and wake up super early for prayer and I was gonna ask, did you have to do prayer? Was it Dude, were all the like were they do the did song you have games or was it just like chores? 
it was both that's the other thing i was like they're just getting it like my parents are paying for me to be here and i'm fucking mm-hmm. working for these yeah like what did they what did they make you guys do were you like chopping wood and shit they're like this is what god would have wanted you to do yeah. and doing dishes and stuff like that like it was just it was terrible man like i i have pictures from it too and i remember i was like that was one of the worst summers i ever had <laughs> okay I so that was ne- Summer camp, not out. a good experience. No, where where because I know in Saskatoon, like so many people went to Redberry. Like apparently that one was fun, but like no, I, know, I, went I was, to, it was never. Fun. I was never like a a summer camp kid. I don't think we yeah we could. It was more like I was just unleashed every day with a bike. They're just like yep. go places, and Those I would the go. Best. Those yeah. are the best summers. But you I also know, like, thought, oh, go ahead. This is what's so fucked up, though. It's like the reason I wanted to go to summer camp is because I was watching Friday the 13th and shit like that when I was seven years old. And I was just like, of course, I didn't want to get killed by one of like someone. But I was like, it felt like a rite of passage, like every kid should experience this. Yeah, you always that's like a great premise for like any movie is like all the hijinks that happens at the summer camps. You always want to to camp. Yeah, it's one of the best I haven't ones. seen that. Is that is it? He just go to camp with a bunch of children. Yep, that was, that was my favorite one growing up. Sus Ernest, mm. it's all of it sus. <laughs> you never did the summer Ernest. <laughs> yeah, the best summers were when you're just ripping around your bike, being a degenerate. Yeah, you never realize you kind of take that for granted that mm-hmm. like yeah especially now because i have to have like the dogs with me if i do that because i'll take them on late night bike rides but like if i go biking by myself at like one in the morning if you're a kid it's like ah you're living your youth if i'm out doing it's like this guy's prowling (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly it yeah it's it's a little more sus when there's a grown man on a bmx bike (laughs) yeah people are calling the cops on me (laughs) yeah as always yeah ride the ride the bmx bike to the video store rent out movies like friday the 13th or shit like that that was my childhood and i turned out great (laughs) and look at you um anyway so can you fill us in again for because i am going to be uh one of the ones having to just listen instead of participate so what's going on this week coming up yeah so we're we got daniel epler of cobwebs and hayden gilbert coming back and we're going to be talking about two haunted house movies and so we're going to start with the uninvited from 1944 and then we'll be moving on to lucio falci's the house by the cemetery That's uh so very much looking forward to that and i want to do another one after that you can be there for for sure so i got a couple ideas for for some pairings that will be fun yeah, I, I like having the like, let's do a couple different ones. I yeah. believe that had we talked with because I'm pretty sure I had picked what I wanted to watch for this. But what 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 is it? I wanted to do possession. Oh, I, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I would love that. That's that not really is... it's not a haunted house movie, but we know we but there's that. a lot of fucking wild shit in it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, the house drama. Yeah, that is that was one of the first movies I saw at the Rio Theater here. It's it's that movie's a masterpiece. It's so good. Fuck yeah. All I right. Well, thank that. you. Thank you everyone for checking us out again and, and listening to us talk about a bunch of bullshit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week on the Terror Table. Toodles. <laughs> 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 <laughs>